At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Nightcap on VSIN, the sports betting network. Welcome back to the Nightcap. Holden Kushner and Wes Reynolds hanging out with you tonight. Good evening, Wes. Our baseball card is over. It mm-hmm. started early. I woke, you know, you come out here to the West Coast, even one hour of mountain time. It's I'm all thrown off. Yeah. But you wake up 930 in the morning. You got baseball. I come down. I watch some baseball. It's a great day today. Uh, ultimately, the Orioles dropping tonight's game to the Rays. We had the Mets with a walk off on the Yankees. The Houston Astros getting swept in Oakland. And what happened with your uh, your Red Sox here? They drop at 7-6, huh? Yeah, they do. Naylor with a uh, solo shot here in the top of the ninth. Red Sox now in last place in the AL East. One game yes. under 500. You mentioned uh, last game to go final in 10 innings. Tampa Bay 6-4. Uh, a double by, hey, Razarena. Randy Arazarena mm. with the two-run double gets the win for the Tampa Bay Rays. Is that a play on Macarena or like it a is. commercial from the 80s? It is a play on the uh, Los Del Rio hit, Macarena, <laughs> the mid-1990s. Los they, they actually have like four oh. different versions of that as that craze swept the nation and thankfully is a thing of the past. Yeah, just don't. Uh, next thing you know, Wes is going to start reciting Chumbawamba to us, and I oh, don't want any top uh, thumping. I, I got them all. Yeah. I got them all. I'm yeah. Casey Kasem over yeah. here playing the hits. Our producer's just like right out of high school, so he has no I idea know, man. They, have, they have no idea. Like, uh, like who are these Rolling Stones? Yeah, <laughs> who, are the, who are these Beatles guys? I just discovered them, man. They're not bad. <laughs> all right, let's get, let's get back to the National Football League here. Wes and I have it going through some wide receiver props. Uh, again, it, it's got to be the Bengals with the deepest in the most talented mm-hmm. room, at least headed into the season. I wonder what your thoughts are, though, on the Miami Dolphins. we got Tyreek Hill here coming over from Kansas City. He's got two of throwing them balls now. Uh, 1,025 and a half yards is his prop this year. Jalen Waddle, my boy Waddle, 925 and a half. And then there's nothing on the board for Cedric Wilson, although I kind of do like his spot now. Gasecki, the tight end, is there. But let's talk about this from a betting perspective. Your thoughts on Tyreek Hill. We see a lot of wide receivers change teams, and the production, no matter who the quarterback is, it often drops Mm -hmm. just a little bit. We've seen it in the past. Now you go from Patrick Mahomes to Tua. What should we expect out of Tyreek Hill, and what do you think of this 1,025-and-a-half prop? Yeah, Holden, I was uh, sitting in the barbershop this afternoon, and there was a certain sports show on, and the byline at the bottom of the screen was Tua 
versus criticism. That's a lot for one man. Tua, Tua all by himself against criticism. Criticism's it. only mattering to Tua, apparently, but that's how it was shaped. Uh, and look, Mike McDaniel comes in from San Francisco, and he said the right things. He's like, Tua's my guy. He's the guy I'm going with because clearly he was not Brian Flores' guy because no. Brian Flores had the quick hook like he was Tony LaRusso where it's like, okay, this guy, two men on, I got to get him out of here and uh, go ahead and put Ryan Fitzpatrick in a couple years ago. But, you know, they've done what they've had to do to, I think, support their young quarterback, obviously getting the cheetah, Tyreek Hill. Cedric Wilson, you brought up, I think that's an underrated signing and a, a good third option. Gusicki was franchised. He's one of the better tight ends in the league probably doesn't get the ink in the that he really deserves running back i have no idea who's going to win there there's about four guys battling for that starting job edmonds? chase edmonds raheem mostert? mostert who did work with mike mcdowell i would expect mostert to be part of it because he's got a relationship with the coach sony michelle miles gaskin who was actually the starter last year and i saw him listed at fourth on the depth chart but you know they brought in teddy bridgewater i don't think necessarily to pressure to unnecessarily where it's like, okay, you're competing for your job just to kind of have an insurance policy. But there is some expectations with Miami. And this was a team on defense that lived off a lot of turnovers. So, you know, can they do that again? But just looking, I do think this is one of the better receiving cores. I would rate them top five. Absolutely. With Waddle, with Hill, with Cedric Wilson, with Mike Gesicki, uh, who uh, I believe had 32 contested catches over the last two seasons, tied for fourth in the NFL. So you like a guy that you can throw it in a tight window and he's going to go get it, and that helps a young quarterback who's had some turnover issues a little bit. So, uh, you know, Cedric Wilson off the career year in Dallas, can he go ahead and capitalize and bring it to Miami? But this is a team, and Holden, when we go through these teams at the beginning of this season or, you know, this time when we're doing our prep mm-hmm. for teams, there's certain teams we're pretty sure are going to be pretty good, and then there's certain teams we think are going to be bad. Miami is one of those not a buy or sell team for me, but a, but like a hold or a leave alone because I have no idea what this team is going to be. I certainly see the upside here. Obviously, they are well the second choice in the division because the Buffalo Bills, I think, from what I've been hearing, talking to bookmakers all over town, it's Buffalo, Buffalo, Buffalo money in terms of the futures market, not only Super Bowl, but also AFC. So, you know, Miami's obviously looking up at the Buffalo Bills and, and, and Buffalo, you know, smacked them around pretty easily both meetings last year. So. Just just looking at this team, I want to see if they can get off to a good start because the schedule, New England at home to open, usually that's a house of horrors that's for New England. Thing. That's a good thing for the Dolphins. Be, 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 yeah, but, but usually it's a house of horrors, yeah. but usually New England kind of goes down there in, in December and they're rolling and they're playing well. And Miami somehow gets them. Even bad Miami teams get them. So I don't know if that's good for New England to just go ahead and play them right out of the box. At Baltimore, Buffalo at home, at Cincinnati. So... Look, I think you'd be looking at least to try to go two and two if you hold serve at home and lose both of them on the road because I do think the schedule in the middle of the season is going to ease up a little bit. You get Detroit and Chicago both on the road back-to-back, but not a lot expected out of the NFC North this year. And then you get a Cleveland team at home that who knows who's going to be their quarterback at that point. What a debacle that is in Cleveland. Oh, my God. Here's the one guy that I really love with the Dolphins, though. He was the number six overall pick last year, and they decided not to use him for the first, I don't know, month and a half mm-hmm. of the season. Like Jalen Waddle right. has a chance, and I, I'm not even kidding here. Jalen Waddle has a chance to be the best wide receiver in the National Football League. I think he You're has that the, high on him. He, he has the tools to be that guy. He passes the eye test. The guy's magnificent. Again, they didn't even bother throwing him the ball at the beginning of the season. They have quarterback issues. We'll see if Tua 
finally realizes that this guy is an extraordinary talent. Now, it would probably take an injury to Tyreek Hill for him Mm -hmm. to lead this team in receiving. I don't know where you are on Waddle, but that's one of my guys. Well, I I don't know if Miami maybe early in the season was a little bit conservative because he did return, by the way, for that national title game. But remember, he broke his ankle Mm -hmm. on the opening kickoff against Tennessee. So it's like, okay, you know, do we take it a little bit easy? I think that would have been full time to recover. But you're right. He did end up having a little bit over 1,000 yards, I believe, uh, six Mm -hmm. touchdowns, 104 receptions. So look – you know, these young receivers, and they're producing right away. We talked about one earlier with Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, another one at Minnesota. I would maybe put him the top guy in the league right now, or at least kind of 1A or 1B, 1C, wherever you want to go. He's in, at least in the top three. But, you know, Waddle, I think having Hill there could be very good. Now, I would expect that Mike McDaniel is going to do a little bit of Debo with Tyreek Hill because, quite frankly, Andy Reid and company and Biennemi and the whole offensive brain trust there in Kansas City, they're going to use this guy, and it's like, okay, let's get this guy the ball in space. We can not only hit him on deep shots, we can hit him on underneath, we can hit him on quick slants. I fully expect you're going to see some end-arounds with him as a ball carrier, and obviously having him as a target should benefit Jalen Waddle, where it's like, okay, if you're going to double that guy, I'm going to make you pay. And the only reason why I would not back Waddle over 925 and a half yards is, is just because of the injuries. I mean, again, mm-hmm. it's tough for me to bet an over in the preseason on any player. Yeah. Us. But if you told me, okay, he's going to be healthy for the season, he blows past well, that 90. And, and there's more, and there's more talent on this roster too. Yeah. Like I was looking at the touchdowns, five and a half minus one thirty. You got six last mm-hmm. year, but. You know, let's see how they use Hill a little bit in terms of what McDaniel is going to do. I think that they are going to use him a little bit in the running game just to make themselves more dynamic. I know I know, Debo uh, didn't necessarily like that in San Francisco. I was like, hey, I want to run the ball a little bit less and I want to catch the ball a little bit more. But I think Tyreek Hill just likes having the ball in his hands no matter how you slice oh, it. We'll see if he starts taking more of a pounding. That's a Debo didn't like. Debo's a big dude, yeah. too. He did not like get beaten up like that. But Tyreek Hill, I think, has a lot to prove. Is he really the great wide receiver that yeah. he is without Patrick Mahomes? Yeah, yeah, that's going to be interesting. And and Tyreek, you know, he is not a very big dude. But I guess if you can't catch the guy, then he doesn't have to worry about getting hit, even though he's only 5'10", 185. But just looking at that, it is all, you know, it's the obvious question. And it's going to depend on Tua's development this year. And can he be the guy... I think McDaniel is a good guy to have there. He's kind of a positive coach. The offensive coordinator, by the way, going to be Frank Smith, Daryl Bevel, the quarterback coach, longtime offensive coordinator in this league, uh, was with uh, Jacksonville last year. But don't blame him. He was actually one of the few adults in the room, I think, on that staff down in Duval. So uh, good offensive staff, and and they're trying to help Tua. They're trying to give him every possible way – to succeed down there in Miami. I think that they've done a good job surrounding him with that talent. Uh, he doesn't do it this year. It's over. Yeah. Like, stick a it, it is a little bit and a little bit comparable to his uh, fellow Alabama brethren, Jalen Hurts, mm-hmm. up there in Philadelphia. And I know we talked about the Eagles in the last hour. Where it's kind of like, is this Fisher cut bait? Because you're going to see a lot of GMs and a lot of owners just not have the patience anymore. And I think the game that really changed was that Buffalo-Kansas City game in the divisional playoff round with how fast they were scoring at the end, 42-36 Chiefs winning overtime. And that kind of changed the way these guys started to think about their teams. It's like, we got to get quarterbacks like that. They can make plays not only through the air, but through their legs and guys that could score quick. I just remember the Jim Irsay tweet, the Indianapolis Coats (laughs) owner, like, 
you got to have a quarterback like that. And that's basically saying we didn't because we had Carson Wentz. So we got to go get somebody like that if you want to win in this league. Yep. A little more NFL, a lot more NFL discussion here to come on the nightcap. And next, though, we're going to talk a little bit more baseball. Chris Jimenez. I'm looking forward to catching up with a dude. I remember Jimenez playing with the Indians for a little bit, a couple of tours there, and we'll get his thoughts about what we saw in today's action, whether or not he thinks the Orioles are for real, whether or not uh, what he thinks about the Ben Attendee trade, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, we got something coming down with the Yankees, maybe some thoughts on the National League as well. But Chris Jimenez is going to join us next, former big leaguer. We're going to run down uh, some baseball storylines and some betting lines with him as well. He's Wes Reynolds. I'm Holden Kushner. This is the Nightcap. Thanks for checking us out here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., 
We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Nightcap on VSIN, the sports betting network. Ice cold beers, cold hard cash. Join the action on the pitch with the Heineken 2022 Soccer Prediction Challenge. Compete in 20 free-to-play pools this season for your shot at a share of $100,000 in total cash prizes. Head to DraftKings.com backslash Heineken right now to start your run of victory. Heineken, beer made better. 21 and over only. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details and please... Drink responsibly. Ooh, Yankees going out and making a move here, getting themselves a little Andrew Benintendi action alongside Wes Reynolds. Holden Kushner hanging out with you tonight. I don't even know. Is it Thursday? Is it Wednesday? What day is it? They're all running together yeah, here in the dog days of summer. My God, it is. Uh, it really is. Ever since we got locked down a couple of years ago, I have no idea what day it is. <laughs> Does Chris Jimenez know what day it is? Chris Welcome into the nightcap. Thanks for the time. Chris, of course, uh, long time, big leaguer, couple tours with the Cleveland. Uh, well, now they're the Guardians. Chris, thanks for joining the show. How are you tonight? I'm doing well, guys. Thank you for having me on. It's about 102 degrees here in beautiful Reno, Nevada right now. And uh, we're just enjoying that dog days of heat out here. It was only 99 <laughs> in Vegas today, so you got us beat there, my friend. Hey, uh, big deal coming down. Well, I don't know if it's a gigantic deal, but it's one that the Yankees needed to make. They needed a left-handed bat. I don't know how much power Ben Attendee is going to provide anymore. It really got zapped this year, but a short porch in right field. Chris, talk to us about your thoughts on Ben Attendee and how much this helps the Yankees. Yeah, I think this helped the Yankees considerably, actually. Uh, I do think his power will tick up just you know, going from Kansas City, which is not the easiest ballpark for any hitter to hit it, let alone a left-handed hitter, uh, to arguably one of the best in Yankee Stadium. You know, he can hit the ball the other way, short porch and right, short porch and left. Uh, but more importantly, he's an on-base machine. He's a contact-oriented guy. You know, they did such a good job at the beginning, at the beginning of the year of, you know, getting guys a little bit more like DJ LeMahieu in there. Like Isaiah kind of forever has been great. Not a lot of power out of him but very contact-oriented. Both of their catchers have done a tremendous job in just regards and, and just having quality at-bats. And you're getting a guy who's third in the league in average and you know has had a decent amount of RBIs. So I think this is going to fit that lineup very well. It allows them to you know now maybe trade Joey Gallo or you know just kind of not play him as much, I guess you could say, uh, much to his you know, degree, I guess. But with that being said, I think, Overall, this is a really solid player for the Yankees to get, and he's going to give other teams fits. 
Chris, uh, Yankees up 11.5, the Astros up 10 in the AL West. So let's go to the AL Central, where you played a lot of your career, mainly with the Cleveland Guardians. And looking at the division right now, Minnesota still hanging on one and a half games. Cleveland gets a win, a home run by Naylor and top of the ninth to beat the Red Sox. And then there's the Chicago White Sox, and that's the team we're all kind of pointing to where it's like, okay, when are these guys going to get it going? Because they're considered, I think, by most experts to say that they have the most talent in the league. But this team just has not been able to put it together for some reason. Are you still a believer in this team, or are they kind of are what they are right now? It's You know, it's really hard to not believe in the amount of talent that they have in that clubhouse. And they're going into a stretch here where they're playing, I believe, their next 19 games against teams that are below 500. Um, you've got to feel that at some point, you know, their luck is going to turn. Now that they have most of their pitching staff back, that's got to help as well. Lance Lynn was a big key in that. And, and just getting that guy, he doesn't have to be perfect. He just has to go out and eat innings up. You know, this bullpen has been ravished. Uh, Tony LaRusso loves to go to his pen and loves to go to guys four or five days in a row. I don't think he really cares or realizes even that it's 2022 <laughs> and not 1975. Um, but with, <laughs> with that being said, um, it's still really hard not to like the White Sox. You know, you just kind of almost, they almost feel like to me that they have this, maybe the Atlanta Braves of this year in them. If they get a couple of pieces here at the deadline, maybe shake it up just a little bit. With the amount of talent that they have in that clubhouse, there's really no reason they should be playing the way they have played to this point. And let's hope, you know, that's little, you know, next two-week period here is going to get them going on the right track. And the next four series, by the way, Holden, for the White Sox, the A's, the Royals, the Rangers, and the Tigers. Now or never, this is where you got to kind of turn right. it around and put something rolling together, as Chris was talking about. Yeah. You know what's interesting, too, Chris? And Chris Jimenez is our, our guest, longtime big leaguer, Actually, a coach with the Dodgers back in 2019. So we got to get into that in just a second. But you know, you know what? Let's do that now because we watch a lot of Dodgers baseball. Obviously, one of the biggest uh, hits out there. And I, I think you were a coach. That was the year the Nationals took him down. But you've been That's out right. there. 19 and 20. I yeah. got lucky. I, I snuck in there in 20 as well. Oh, good job, Chris. Good job. <laughs> From the eye test, their offense has really driven me nuts this year. I thought it was because Mookie right. Betts wasn't in there. That's not the reason. Talk to us about the Dodgers offense. What do you think of them going forward? Is this still as great of an offense as it was even last year when they had Seager? Bellinger hasn't been good for a couple of years. Talk to us about the Dodgers offense, please. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think as soon as they signed Freddie Freeman, it was really hard to not think, you know, this offense was going to potentially set records. Uh, I found myself included in that uh, sentiment, you know, and just, Saying that whenever I could, I mean, you add arguably the best first baseman offensively and defensively to that lineup that was already so talented. Um, you know, you have Mookie Betts who's come back to full strength, which I think has helped a lot. He swung the bat really well lately. Um, Trey Turner has just been absolutely on fire. Um, he's coming now has a 14-game hitting streak. I feel like every time I look up, he's either got a 25, a 28, a 15-game hitting streak. You know, all this guy does is hit. And – I think the offense part of things, I'm not worried about them at all, honestly. Um, This last series against the Giants, I think, was was big for them. You know, they have seemed to play very poorly against three teams in particular. I believe it's the Rockies, the Nationals, and there's another team that is not very good. And I think, you know, their record is like six and nine against those three teams in particular. So they do have the potential to, uh, you know, 
flop one on you every now and again, but coming out of that, a big series sweep against the San Francisco Giants where they had to battle back in the eighth inning or later, uh, two of those four games. I'm not worried about this offense really at all. I think, if anything, the pitching is something to kind of keep your eye on. I think that's something they potentially address at the deadline. You know, the loss of Walker Buehler, although it's been a good five or so weeks now since we've lost him, um, you know, that's a that, that kind of has sound waves that trickle down. Tony Gonsolin um, has been tremendous up until the All-Star break, and I think we're starting to see him kind of come maybe back to what he probably is, and, and I'm not saying a, a, a Cy Young. I'm not saying he can't win the Cy Young Award. Uh, I'm just saying I see him a little bit more as a two or maybe a three type starter, which is going to be a very uh, useful position, you know, within that rotation. Chris, uh, right there in that division are the San Diego Padres, eleven and a half back, but obviously in better stead right now than I think they were this time last year with uh, Bob Melvin coming in. He's done a nice job with this starting pitching staff, even though they lose two or three uh, in Detroit earlier this afternoon. But what do you make of the Padres? They collapsed this time, I think, last year. They started to go south because that bullpen was absolutely uh, beat to you-know-what going down the stretch. But (laughs) do you think that this team, obviously they're probably not going to pass the Dodgers, but – do you like them maybe going forward in the postseason? And do you think that they have to make a deal here at the deadline? I do think they need to make a deal, but I don't know as necessarily it needs to be something flashy. Um, you know, you've got to remember Fernando Tatis Jr. Excuse me, is on his way back. Um, they're on that, you know, the, the back end of that injury, and hopefully he can continue to get himself uh, in game shape and get on that rehab assignment here really, really shortly. And having him come back is going to be you know, the biggest addition you could make at the trade deadline. So thinking that direction, I think they may go after a bullpen piece. And I think they actually may, I keep hearing rumblings of them still trying to flip Eric Hosmer, even though he's had a phenomenal year this year. I just don't know is uh, they fully trust that, you know, his fly ball percentage is here to stay. He's notoriously been one of the highest ground ball rates of any, you know, hitter in major league baseball. And it's come, you know, his ground ball rate has come down from what it, what his career average has been. But, you know, with that being said, um, sometimes the dog days of summer have a tendency to, you know, make guys tired and, you know, understandably so those, that, that ground ball rate might come and back up. So I think they actually make a move in the bullpen. Um, I don't think starting pitching is a need is an area of need, but you never know. Um, they actually, to me, have the firepower to go out and get a Juan Soto. I think he fits actually very well there. Um, kind of just a very unassuming town, and I don't mean that in a negative way. I just mean from a, a media coverage standpoint. Um, I think Juan does tremendous in that kind of environment, and he's a guy that obviously they could build around. There's plenty of talent within that roster. Their starting rotation is is honestly dirty. Um, Darvish had an okay day today against Detroit. I think they're another team that kind of maybe plays down to their competition, unfortunately. Um, but we see that from time to time, right? Um, you know, the bullpen, I think is the biggest area of need for them. Just not necessarily finding a closer, but somebody they, they can get to the back end to kind of help hey, Chris, you know, the back end of that bullpen. Uh, tremendous breakdown, Chris. We got to run, but thank you so much for no the worries. time, man. You're awesome. And I can't wait to catch up with you again. Great knowledge there. Chris Jimenez. Long-time big leaguer and uh, has a ring with the Dodgers as a coach as well. Mm-hmm. He's Wes Reynolds. I'm Holden Kushner. This is the Nightcap. Let's come back. want to talk about that interview real quick, and then we'll get into the Coach of the Year odds in the NFL on the Nightcap. Today. This is the Nightcap on VSN, the sports betting network. 
The V-CIN football betting guides are coming soon. Very, very soon. Wes will tell you about it. There's no better way to prepare for the college and pro football seasons. Our experts provide profiles of every team with advanced stats, power ratings, plus best bets on season win totals, division finishes, player awards. Reserve your copy of the football betting guides today. Get access to everything we offer for the entire football season with a VSIN all access subscription. Make this football season your best ever. Subscribe now at vsin.com backslash subscribe. So he is Wes Reynolds. You know that. I'm Holden Kushner, host of the Denver City Cast, presented by Bet Rivers. I talk about a whole bunch of uh, Denver teams and betting them. It's just amazing, right? Um, Wes, actually, it is amazing. Wes, we got the college football guide coming out, right? Is it dropping tomorrow, I think? You it know? is. Ooh, Nelly. I will be on uh, Follow the Money at 6 a.m. to go ahead and talk about that with uh, Stormy and Dave Ross tomorrow so morning. So which of the three great teams is going to win the, uh, the championship? I know. It does seem like there's a gap between <laughs> those three with Alabama, Ohio State, and Georgia. And it's kind of like Georgia, even though they lost a lot. What was it? 15 players drafted yeah. in this uh, April's NFL draft. But still... They're Georgia, and they recruit five stars in top five every year. Stetson Bennett going to be back at quarterback, uh, outlasted uh, USC transfer JT Daniels. So, look, the guy's won a national championship. You can't really besmirch the guy, but I think Alabama and Ohio State are the top two. Georgia probably gets in by default, but looking a little bit down the board, it's like who's going to be that fourth team, and it is absolutely wide open. You can make a case for a lot of teams. I think Clemson's odds, by the way, are a little too short, even though they're the rightful favorite in the ACC. I don't just think that, oh, all of a sudden, you know, that year is just an aberration. I still think they're going to be good, but – their, their recruiting has dropped a little bit, Holden, I think. Uh, you know, Now, drop is a relative statement when they're still like 10th best recruiting class in America. I mean, they'd build a statue at my alma mater if you got the 10th best recruiting class in, Indiana, or in, in history, my alma mater being Indiana, by the way. But, yeah, I just look, and somebody is going to get in there. I think this is going to be chalky, by and large, like you mentioned. Those top three teams are going to be there. And then who's going to be that fourth team? I don't think we're getting like a Cincinnati in the non-power five, or even a Michigan who was kind of a sleeper. Now Michigan at forty to one. Uh, keep an eye though on the Utah Utes. Yes, I love the Utah Utes in the Pac-12. I have no idea why USC is the favorite over this team. I think they're just kind of the shiny new toy, and it's like they're looking in the future two years from now when Lincoln Riley's just going to get five stars all over the place. But the Utah Utes, in my opinion. They're the best program in the Pac-12, and they're the toughest program in the Pac-12. And the fact that they went, I know they lost in the Rose Bowl, but the fact that they went up and down with Ohio State, who should just overwhelm them offensively, and the fact that they only lost by three, that tells me that they can compete with the big guns. Now, they go to humid Florida on September 3rd. We're going to find out if Utah is for real immediately. Then October 15th against... USC. Mm-hmm. So there's going to be another barometer yes. game, I guess. And we've seen with Utah over the last couple of years against really the top teams in the conference, they just win a lot by not making mistakes, playing solid fundamental football, and just being tougher than the other guys. Just put in the two tapes of the Oregon game last year, the regular season game in Salt Lake, and then right out here at Allegiant Stadium when they played in the Pac-12 title game. They just out-toughed Oregon, and, and, and that's something that you know concerns you a little bit. Now, Dan Lanning, coming from Georgia, was the defensive coordinator. He is going to take over there in Eugene, but I think Oregon, over the last couple of years, when Cristobal was there, Cristobal now, of course, back at his alma mater, the U, where he mm-hmm. won two national titles as a player, 
they kind of tried to be like an SEC type team in the West and in, in the West Coast. And I don't think that that works. And I think they got away a little bit from their identity the last couple of years. I just saw the updated odds here for Colorado. Obviously, a Denver guy, unfortunately, have to talk about that. Go Buffs. I mean, it went from three and a half to t- down to three. Like this is how bad this team is going to be. Everybody knows they, they're going to struggle to get. They, three they wins. got they got hit pretty hard in the portal. Yeah, I know uh, Broussard, the running back, who was like the Pac-12 offensive player mm-hmm. of the year just a couple of years ago. He is now at Michigan State, so uh, maybe some tough times for Carl Durrell. Uh, they have Arizona company with Arizona at the bottom, even though I think Jed Fish's club will be better in their second year. Any win totals you like? USC nine and a half, Utah nine. Arizona State, six and a half. The one that I did play so far in the Pac-12, I played UW. I played Washington over uh, seven and a half minus $1.30. They, they, they only won four games last year, but I think that that team is going to be a little bit better. Dylan Morris just didn't get it done, and just something wasn't right with that team. Jimmy Lake uh, now out as coach. It is Kalen DeBoer, who comes in from Fresno State. I'm familiar with Kalen DeBoer from his time as offensive coordinator at Indiana at my alma mater. And speaking of that, Michael Penix Jr. now Mm -hmm. uh, competing for the quarterback job over there. He has had an injury-riddled career, but when he is healthy, he's been absolutely dynamite. It's going to be between him and Sam Heward for that quarterback job. I think Dylan Morris is going to be the number three. Sam Heward, by the way, the son of Damon Heward. That's when you know you're getting old, man. I know. I we mean, remember Damon, he watching Damon Heward and Brock Heward up there in Husky Stadium. My first job, you know, it's in Seattle, right? I'm out of college. What ha- I'm covering the UW. Mm-hmm. Now we got these dudes' kids are playing, man. It yeah. happens. It happens fast. I, I know. And, of course, uh, Femi, who we were with uh, yep. the previous couple nights, uh, he comes to us from Seattle. So very familiar with this team. I think that this is going to be the surprise team. They're not doing the divisions anymore, north and south, so it's the top two teams that will meet in the Pac-12 title game. But I think UW is going to be a lot better. They always have a pretty solid defense, and especially – at the defensive front, but who's going to win that quarterback job? We will see Michael Penix. He's had a lot of injuries, torn both knees, uh, had hip issues, had a lot of different issues, but he is back with Kalen DeBoer and he had his best season in Indiana with Kalen DeBoer as his offensive coordinator, 69%. So a lot of what Kalen DeBoer runs, if you watch him at Fresno state, a lot of quick routes, get the ball out quick. You saw that with Jay Kaner who, by the way, is still at Fresno State. Jeff Tedford actually comes back out of, uh, I don't know if it was a retirement or sabbatical, but he was the he came out of retirement to coach Fresno State, and then he stepped away. Kalen DeBoer comes from Indiana to take over there, but now Jeff Tedford is back. But uh, I think UW is going to be maybe the surprise team you want to watch in the Pac-12. So let me ask you about this. We were not going to do college football, by the way, but there was this glow in this man's eyes. Once I said <laughs> the college. Because, because it's fresh yeah. in my mind because I've been writing all week last week. <laughs> the college football it's dropping it's dropping the previews dropping this guy just completely starts glowing so might as well go with it now i'm a big 12 guy went to kansas our football program's not been good in a long time that's why i think we're getting along so well because you know my pain yes i do as an indiana football fan and being so disappointing but at least at least you had the mangino year when you went to the orange bowl so you at least have that indiana doesn't i remember stubblefield and gilbert brown but again our producer's 24 (laughs) he has no idea what he's talking about he wants us to move on big 12 this year any thoughts there oklahoma This is the toughest conference, and I think you look that there's not really a clear favorite. Oklahoma kind of is by default. Brent Venables Mm -hmm. comes in and takes over. Dylan Gabriel, I think they'll be fine on offense, even though Lincoln Riley is now gone. So 
Oklahoma, probably the rightful favorite. Texas, obviously the talent. Mm-hmm. You know, Sark in his second year with all that talent. Quinn Ewers uh, transfers back home from Ohio State. Of course, Arch Manning on the way next year. So this might be the only year Quinn Ewers is going to start down there in Austin at quarterback. But uh, a win total that I did bet actually was Kansas State on the over. And I think Kansas State, I don't know if they're quite going to get there to win the Big 12 title, or they're really on that stead, six and a half, and you look, you got heavy juice at minus 170. So I wouldn't lay more than $1.75. I don't like to lay that big a juice on a win total, but Kansas State has Adrian Martinez now at quarterback. You remember him? He is still in school. Ooh, what? Adri- Adrian like 30. Mar- I know Adrian Martinez is going to finish uh, his, uh, I don't know if this is his super senior year or his second senior year or what it is, but he's going to be the quarterback there at K-State. Will Howard, a former starter, is the backup, but Chris Kleeman is just a really good coach, and he was great at North Dakota State. I think Kansas State, not the easiest place to recruit to, but he has still put some good and, – and they've knocked off big boys. They've knocked off Oklahoma. They've knocked off Texas, so they can beat pretty much anybody in the conference. Deuce Vaughn, one of the better running backs. Uh, so this is a team that is going to be dynamic. I think Martinez gives them that dynamic, too, can run that read option or that zone option, whatever you want to term it as in the spread. So Kansas State is going to be a team that I do think is going to be a surprise in the Big 12. I got two wins for the Jayhawks, by the way. They need to get to a third one, but I think they can beat Tennessee Tech, mm-hmm. and Duke comes to town. You know, come on, basketball schools, face-to-face, maybe they, Kansas could pull one out. They don't play Coastal Carolina this year, do they? Ah, no, there's no Coastal Carolina. It's going to be tough. I think they can get to three, but what the hell do I know? I'm a little biased here. Well, that. Lance Leopold, by the way, is a good coach. I remember him when he was at Wisconsin-Whitewater and won several Division three titles, uh, did well at Buffalo, really turned them into one of the better programs in the MAC. But you're right, got to get Tennessee Tech, got to get a rebuilding Duke team and then where does that third win come? Yeah, and probably not Kansas that, that, That's where I'm looking. I'm like, man, where are we getting that third win? Because they're going to be an underdog in every one of those conference games. That's why it's two and a half. Yeah, uh, I, I covered Colorado, and I went to Kansas. So it's, it's, it's tough times on the college football streets, my friend. Well, guess what? We'll go back to the NFL when we come back. Coach of the year odds. Hmm, they don't always give it to the veteran coaches. A lot of rookies. End up winning this award. We'll look at those next. He is Wes Reynolds, as you know. My name's Holden Kushner. Thanks for hanging out with us here tonight. It's been a fun show, so it's flying by as well. Thanks for stick around here on VSIN, the sports betting network. This is the Nightcap on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar, whether it's a walk off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. 
This is Freddie Prinze Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, yeah. Cash and tickets. That's what we do here on the Nightcap. That's what I hear it's all about, uh, per our godfather at this point. As well it should be. As well it should be. Cash tickets, man. That's what we need to do. Wes Reynolds. Holden Kushner, hanging out with you tonight here on the Nightcap, and I'm sure we'll see Peterson, the G-Unit, roll in here mm-hmm. in the next half hour or so, mm-hmm. all excited, talking about his dinner at uh, Texas Roadhouse, wherever the hell he goes. I don't know. What, yes. What I love Peterson, though. Every t- every time I do this show, I just talk. I think I, I wouldn't say I got Greg is not one of those highfalutin guys like you that are going to Barry's after the show. Well, listen, some people are forced <laughs> to spend three to $400 on dinner, Okay. <laughs> So, but but it is worth it. Barry's Steakhouse, by the way, here Barry's Prime yeah. here at Circa is a fabulous restaurant. Well, and, uh, if you come out here, definitely make that. A well, start. that's why I'm going because I said, listen, I got to spend a ton of money on a meal. Where should I go? And they said, go down to Barry's. So we'll go have a steak tonight. We'll have a nice one, and then you, you, uh, they always say you get what you pay for. You get good. I'm looking forward to it, my friend. Uh, let's look at the NFL futures. We're going to go back to this market, and it's going to be the Coach of the Year, Wes. Brandon Staley, the boy wonder, mm-hmm. choke job in the playoffs last year, but plus fourteen hundred, get fourteen to one on him. My guy, Nathaniel Hackett, sixteen to one alongside Mike McDaniel. No, this is a ward that you will see rookie head coaches yes. get right. I mean, we had Vrabel get it, but there have been quite a few first year head coaches uh, getting this award. Let's get your general thoughts about it because I think my guy in Denver, Hackett, boy. If that team could figure out how to win the West, yeah. he's going to be right there. Well, and you look at the choices, uh, mm-hmm. not only Staley. There's a part of me that would like to see Staley get it just uh, to uh, have some of my uh, fellow colleagues and friends on this network eat a little crow. He took a beating on this network, I think, last year. And I think, you know, sometimes it's people get sore if they lose a bet because he goes for it and doesn't get it. That doesn't necessarily mean it was the wrong decision. It just didn't work out. You got to be process and results oriented. So part of me would like Staley. I think this guy is a really good coach. He was just a rookie head coach, you know, learning how to coach. Sometimes you make a mistakes. I'd rather guys be aggressive and it not work out than be too passive. And, and, and I like the aggressiveness from Staley and I think he's going to get better, but you look up and down that board, Staley, and then Nathaniel Hackett, 16 to one, Josh McDaniels, 18 to one. Obviously Reed is not up there. These prices, by the way, we're quoting are from DraftKings. Mm-hmm. Uh, Reed is not going to be up there. Cause it's like, well, they're the chiefs. He's already won a super bowl and been to another one. So it's never expected, but the, the upstart teams in the AFC West, you can tell that that division is priced to the moon, I think, yep. in the market because you have four teams that I think realistically could make the playoffs. Now, four teams are not going to get in from the AFC West. At least I wouldn't expect so. But I think all the teams feel like realistically, hey, we can win the division or at least we can make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So 
just looking at that, I, I think that those prices are kind of justified. Brian Dable obviously has a very good reputation. He didn't get a job last year, but you know how the coaching carousel works in the NFL hold. And when you're the hot young coordinator, you don't necessarily always get that job the first year, but it's like you're going to be the guy next year and you get your name out there and everybody talks, oh, the guy interviewed well. He's going to be great. So uh, Brian Dable uh, going to try to fix what ails Daniel Jones there in New York. What do you think about a little 20 to 1 shot? A little sprinkle on some Bill Belichick. If you'll remember, with about a month ago last season, he might have been the front runner. People mm-hmm. forget that. They had a slow finish to the year. Now he's talking up his boy, Mac Jones. This is a team some would say is on the rise. I mean, if they can figure out a way to hang with the Buffalo Bills at 20 to 1, is this just too much well, of a long shot? Well, and you're looking at it too because. The New England Patriots don't have an official offensive coordinator nor a defensive coordinator. Now, we know who's calling the defense. That would be the aforementioned hoodie, Bill Belichick. But on offense, Matt Patricia comes in, and he's like the special offensive assistant and offensive line coach. Of course, you know Patricia called defense there in New England as a defensive coordinator collaborating with Bill Belichick. But Joe Judge, quarterback coach, so I don't know who really is going to call the offense with McDaniels, of course, now here in Las Vegas. But I'm going to go a little bit down the board, uh, not too farther down from 20 to 1. And I saw John Harbaugh at 25 to 1 for the Baltimore Ravens. And if you look at the Ravens last year, they were 8-3 and after Week 12. So they're right in the mix for the playoffs, right in the mix to win the AFC North. And then the injury bug really bit him and bit him hard. Lamar Jackson got lost after week 14. The secondary, if you remember that game in Pittsburgh, Holden, where a lot of people were killing John Harbaugh for going for two at the, at the oh, end there. I loved it. I did too, and there was a reason for it because he was getting guys out of the stands and off the streets to play secondary. He's like, even against noodle arm Ben Roethlisberger at that point in his career, even against Ben They didn't think they could get a stop with that secondary. He did not have the confidence, so he went for two in the win. Didn't work out. They end up losing their last six games. But I think that this is kind of a buy-low spot. I like the way the organization drafts. I know the receiving core doesn't exactly jump out at you. And and Hollywood Brown, I never really, you know, he wasn't one of my elite receivers, but he was the number one guy, I think, there in Baltimore. But Keep an eye out for Rashad Bateman, the kid out of Minnesota. He had some injury issues last year. I think he's going to have a big year. He's going to be their number one target other than Mark Andrews at tight end. Yeah, you know, I was looking at it. It was 18-1 to for the Ravens to win the Super – or to have the most wins during regular Mm -hmm. season. And it was something I was talking about earlier this afternoon on my guys in the desert. So, last year that secondary was – actually, the whole team was decimated. Yes. The Ravens had no Lamar The offensive line, Ronnie Stanley, remember, went out early in the season. Kid from Bishop Gorman right here in Las Vegas. The whole D – everybody – I've never seen a team like that. There had to have been, but they're 8-9, and and they were completely decimated. So, I don't mind that Harbaugh call whatsoever. I think Sean McDermott's an interesting one at 18-1. He's a terrific coach. I I think now the Buffalo Bills have so much expectation because – I mentioned earlier in the show, and I've talked to various bookmakers around town, Chris Andrews at the South Point, the guys at the Win, the guys at, at Superbook, at the Westgate. Most books, and every book has a different liability, right, on the futures market, but the majority of the books and the managers and the directors I've talked to said it's all Buffalo all the time yeah, right I now. Know. They're just getting Buffalo, 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 that they feel like this is their year. There's a lot of people whose opinion I respect that thought Buffalo was the best team in the National Football League last year. Just got beat, you know, they they didn't win the coin toss in overtime, and nobody was stopping anybody in the fourth quarter of that game between Buffalo and Kansas City. But, 
You look. I mean, the Bills are favored on the road in week one now. Yeah. That has moved uh, to favor. Basically won in the market at the defending Super Bowl champions. And that's sometimes an angle I like to play, go against that Super Bowl team on banner night. Of course, they got their rings about a, a week ago in a ceremony. But you always have that team that comes in to play that Super Bowl champion. And it's like, we want what they have. We want this moment. And they're raring to go and ready to smack the hell out of them. You see that all the time in like the NBA and the NHL go against those teams on ring and banner nights, even though those are very much priced in the market. But look, McDermott's a fantastic coach. Maybe they reward him on if Buffalo goes ahead and meets the expectations. But that that that's where it's tough because you're like, okay, how much credit is he going to get? Because it's like everybody's picking Buffalo or it seems like everybody's picking Buffalo in the AFC. And then if he does it, it's like, well, you did what you were supposed to do. So just a couple of notes here before we wrap this whole thing up. Over the last 10 seasons, the recipient of the award has won 11 games or more. Mm -hmm. So now we're in a 17-game season. I think you got to see a team probably win 12 games. Yes. That's the first thing. The second thing is Sean McVay, Matt Nagy, Kevin Stefanski, first-year head coaches that won. 2019, it was Harbaugh. 2021, it was Vrabel. So, again, I go back to this, you know, young head coaches. A mm -hmm. young head coach has the, the mm -hmm. chance to do this. And, I'll, and again, I'll, maybe I'm biased here, but Nathaniel right. Hackett. If this offense, when Russell Wilson gets humming, they have the talent defensively. If somehow, some way, 12 and 5, they can get that, or at least a share of the division, yeah. I have a hard time thinking Hackett is not going to at least be in the mix as one of the finalists. For this one award. of the tough things that you look at, and actually Denver kind of gets, I think, a little bit of a break. Uh, we talk about how the NFC East had a lot of the easy schedules. Well, the NFC West, Kansas City Chiefs, hardest schedule. Then the Raiders, I believe, the third hardest schedule. And then you got to go up a little bit. Chargers, I think, were 20th on the mm -hmm. easiest schedule. And then Denver was right in the middle at 17. So you could certainly make a case for Hackett. I think some might want to make a case if you're really high on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who uh, signed Julio Jones earlier today. Todd Bowles at 25 to 1. Uh, I, I'm not as high on Ooh. the Buccaneers necessarily. I think they're the favorite to win the division. I actually like the Saints a lot better than the market. I think that Tampa Bay is going to be in a dogfight in that division. But Todd Bowles taking over for Bruce Arians, who has now won a Super Bowl down there in Tampa Bay. Uh, and Arians gets kicked upstairs. Tom Brady elected to come back. I don't know what was going on there, if there was tension between the two. But nevertheless, Todd Bowles was the defensive coordinator and I think has been a very, very good defensive coordinator. Gets a chance this time where he's not with the rebuild necessarily with the Jets. He gets a team that's obviously, they're building. They got a lot of veteran guys, you know. This is probably, this year or next year, is probably the end of the line for the Bucks before all these guys get old and then they got to rebuild and go young again. So Todd Bowles kind of looked interesting at 25 okay. to one. All right. Hackett is one guy for me. I think Belichick is another guy that uh, I, I really got my eye on, believe it or not. I know the Bills are the big team there, but Belichick was a front runner last year before the end of the season didn't work out so well for the Patriots. I think we stick here with some NFL futures. Comeback player of the year award. Yes, he is Wes Reynolds. My name is Holden Kushner. This is the nightcap. Stick around here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, 
Call 1-800-GAMBLER. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.